Welcome back to the Professions Podcast. This is the second episode in our series. Um, if you haven't listened to the first yet, please go take a listen. It's with Caesar Madeira, who's a fantastic magician in Florida. Um, and Caesar is actually the one that introduced me to this next guest. Her name is Ari Moon. She is a hair artist also based in Southwest Florida. Um, and, and getting to talk to her, it was really interesting hearing her story, how it really sort of developed in late high school. It wasn't something that she thought she was going to do as a kid. Uh, it really didn't even cross her mind until uh, until much later. So I think it was really interesting to hear how she was sort of dead set on one track and she thought this is what she wanted to do. Um, and then it changed. Before we get started with Ari, I have a couple little housekeeping things. Um, we actually have two sales going on right now with Halyard Soap Company. Um, if you haven't checked out the website yet, please do. Uh, the first sale is on our beard oil, The Gentleman. It's a 20% off sale. So any order that includes The Gentleman, you get 20% off that item. The code you need to use is BEARD20. That's B-E-A-R-D-2-0 at checkout. Um, and the second is our Valentine's Day special. I know Valentine's Day is fast approaching. And if you're like me and you haven't really thought much in advance about what you're going to get that special someone, um, we actually have a, a package deal. We just launched our first women's product. It's a shave bar, so it's meant to replace shaving gel, shaving cream in a can, that sort of thing. It's called La Contessa, which is Italian for the Countess, in case you were wondering. And the way it works now is we've got uh, the men's collection and the women's collection. So the sale looks like this. If you buy any two men's collection items, that's our regular soaps, gift cards, beard oils, doesn't matter. Um, we're going to give you a free bar of La Contessa. So you can try it for yourself or if you happen to be a guy and you don't shave your legs regularly, you can give it to uh, the female in your life. Or if you just want to, you know try out some of our stuff and, and get a, a free product in the mix, that's fine too. So there's no code for that. All you need to do is on checkout, type in La Contessa in the special instructions box, and we will manually fulfill that item for you. We'll throw that in there as a as a free gift. Um, and we also give out free samples with all of our orders. So if you're kind of interested about, you know, maybe the I want to try the soap, but right now I'm just looking for beard oil, um, give it a shot. If you, if you purchase a product, we're happy to throw in free samples. And if you have a request for which sample you'd like, Feel free to leave a comment for us and we'll do our best to uh, to make that happen for you. And one last note about the podcast itself, um, for people who want to help out, the best way to help out is either to leave us a review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or to share it with friends. Um, if you find it interesting, I'm sure you'll have friends that find it interesting too, so feel free to spread it around. Um, and with that, I'm going to give you our interview with Ari Moon. All right, my guest today is Ari Moon. Ari, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. So uh, I want to get into your background a little bit here. Um, you are, you, you describe yourself as sort of a, a lover of art and all things. So I kind of want to hear from you. What would you define your profession as? What would you call yourself if, if you had to answer that question today? Um, I would call myself, you know, a hairdresser, hair artist. I feel like um, I think that anything in the beauty industry is like really closely related to art you know, and, uh, altering people's appearance. So, uh, so you said that you had, you, you graduated from, um, cosmetology school, your senior year of high school. So that was something that you did as you were in school. Did you always know that that's sort of where you wanted to go or did you sort of discover that, uh, in high school? How did that exactly play out? So this is actually kind of a funny, crazy story. Um, I kind of grew up with the expectation that I was going to do something in the medical field. Um, that was always kind of what my parents kind of geared me towards. And um, my high school was really cool because their goal was to certify you in something before you graduated. So I was actually um, kind of 
going towards getting a nursing degree. And uh, I got, you know, I did really well with the program, but um, my, I would constantly be, you know, coming into school and I had a different hair color every other week. And I was responsible for sending everybody's kids home with like blue hair and nose rings. And um, a lot of my teachers started to notice. And eventually my vice principal at the school um, had noticed. And uh, she had talked to me a little bit about it. And I realized that she had been a cosmetologist or a hairdresser previous to becoming a vice principal. And she kept telling me, you know, you're so talented, this should be something that you um, pursue. And I never, I didn't really think about it until my junior year of high school. And like, that's when um, part of my program uh, kind of dealt with more of like, the negative aspects to healthcare, which is, you know, I, I wanted to work with babies and neonatal and, um, you know, not every birth is a successful one. And I remember being exposed to that. And I realized like I couldn't, I didn't have the emotional capability to deal with what came with that. And I had always been doing hair kind of just on the side and like for friends and for myself. And I remember like washing my sister's hair out, like in my kitchen sink and I'm, you know, washing her hair and I'm like, man, you know, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. Like, obviously I can't do this. Like my whole life plan is ruined. And I'm like rinsing her out in the sink. And she like looks up at me, you know, with like hair and makeup running down her face. She goes, dude, like, why don't you just do hair? And that was the first time like it ever hit me that this could be something I could make a career. Like I had always thought of it as a hobby. And so then I, you know, I talked to my vice principal again and she told me that, you know, in Lee County, which is where uh, my high school is or was, that they offer a vocational school. And so, you know, the tuition to go to cosmetology school is actually like ridiculously high, especially now, like it keeps going up and up. And so I actually went to school for free because um, Lee County paid for it. So I went to a vocational school. And then that year I graduated with my high school diploma and um, my cosmetology certification. So it actually worked out really, really well. Well, that's, so that's really interesting to hear you say that you, you kind of did it as a hobby. And then only later did you put it together that, oh, maybe I can actually do this full time. When did you start? I mean, you must have been pretty young when you started doing this as a hobby then. How old were you when you sort of just just started messing around with hair and um, that sort of stuff? So um, I was definitely more kind of like shy, reserved, quiet, just very um, I didn't want anything kind of about me to really stand out like all through, you know, middle school and I think my freshman year of high school. And then I remember just really getting into like I think in high school is when, you know, young adults start to kind of find their niche and find what they love uh, or what they like or what they want to pursue. And I remember like being like 16 and, you know, listening to a bunch of different bands and being exposed to a bunch of different like local artists and being exposed to a bunch of, I mean, even um, traditional artists, just, you know, expanding my knowledge, taking art classes. And I remember it just becoming something that I wanted to, I wanted to my personal interest and my personal style to become apparent on me. So then I started altering, you know, different things with my appearance and with my hair and everything like that. So I was probably about 16. And it's funny because I grew up in a very like conservative household. So like if I wanted something crazy to be done, you know, to my body or to my hair, I had to do it myself. So like I started, you know, just saving up my money and buying, you know, different, um, things and experimenting with what worked. And, uh, you know, it became one of those things that, you know, I started doing all this, you know, stuff I thought was cool at the time to myself and other people, you know, would approach me. So I actually had like unlimited heads to work on because, you know, none of these kids' parents wanted them to dye their hair, all these rainbow colors. And so I was, it really took off, I think, you know, when I was 16 and just as part of like self-expression and part of like growing up. So it's also interesting to hear that you say you grew up in a conservative household. I'm surprised, maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm surprised that your parents <laughs> kind of let you do that. 
Um, did they have objections to it? I mean, what did they think when you came with, you know, blue hair or half your head shaved or whatever was going yeah. on? That isn't really even that far from like what I was doing either. So it's funny that you said that. Um, well, I think in the beginning, <laughs> it's funny because like I'm, you know, I'm 25 now and still sometimes I'll come home with like a different color in my hair. My mom will act like it's the first time she's ever seen me with like rainbow bright hair. Right. Um, but it's funny because I mean, I think initially my mom was just really shocked I think that she was like, oh, like, okay, you know, and, you know, a little bit disappointed because, you know, when you have a daughter that's grown up with one length, all black hair her whole life and she cuts it all off and, you know, in the bathroom, I think it's a little bit of a shock. But um, initially she kind of like fought it and she would, you know, say things about how I'm going to regret it when I get older. And although, you know, there are a couple little things that I've definitely done that I probably wouldn't do now. Um, I think that she realized, you know, and she'll, she'll even say it now that this, this is part of, um, kind of me. And it was when I was younger, part of me kind of figuring out who I was and what, you know, what skin I felt the most comfortable being in. And, um, so I think that she just kind of realized it was another form of artistic expression. Cause like I said, you know, as conservative as my household was, I grew up in a very, um, my, my household was very, uh, art based. Like I, all of my family is involved in one art form or another. So I think that, you know, eventually she kind of realized this was my art, if that makes any sense sure. that this was my self-expression. So it wasn't a total departure from, I mean, you didn't come from a family of a bunch of lawyers that like didn't see the merit in this sort of expression and they just could completely not understand what was going on. Um, no, no, thank God. No, right. um, no, I mean, my parents definitely were on the more conservative side growing up as far as like appearances, but it's funny. Cause like now that I'm getting older, I realize that like a lot of my style comes from my mom actually. And that she was, you know, as much as she tried to raise us kind of just keeping it, you know, very natural. Um, my mom was really out there as a teenager too. So I think that when she kind of recognized herself in me, that she got over it a little more, if that makes sense, you know, right. She was a little easier on me. Right. Well, it's good. I mean, it's good to hear you have a support system too, even though it's maybe not, you know, their, their first choice, or maybe they don't quite understand everything you do. Um, I know a lot of young people have that sort of coming out of high school, that that coming of age story where they they're trying to figure out what they want to do. And maybe they pick something that their parents didn't necessarily expect them to do or didn't want them to do. And so it's refreshing to hear that you've actually had a lot of success with something that you yourself didn't quite think was going to be where you ended up. Um, and yet it's sort of a happy ending. So what do you um, what and I, I know you said you like art in all forms, but what drew you to doing hair especially I mean is this something that just sort of you thought it was an easy way to express yourself and it just kind of felt natural or did you stumble upon it on accident um what made you want to pick that particular medium to to work in you know honestly I really I've been sitting down and thinking about that recently so it's um it's a really good question I think that you know with doing hair and the beauty industry, it kind of incorporates everything that I, you know, when someone asks you, what do you want to do with, you know, for the rest of your life, you know, make that your job, what, what's something that you would like to do. And then, you know, we can all think of a bunch of ideas, like generalized thoughts, like stuff that we wouldn't want and stuff that we would want. And I think doing hair and the beauty industry in itself really incorporates a lot of things that I think are important for me to keep me happy for, you know, to do for a long time. And like one of them being the fact that this industry is always changing. There's never an opportunity. You know, I, I love learning. If you're not growing, you're dying, like in my opinion. And this is 
an industry that's constantly changing. There's constantly new education. There's constantly new things um, coming out that need to be learned. There's constantly new things to look at. There's constantly things um, that are going to change up this, you know, the way that we perceive, you know, what is in right now. It's never something that you can get bored with. And I love that. And it also, I mean, it incorporates my art background with it. I can play with, you know, light and shadow. I can play with shapes. I can play with color. I can play with texture. It's, you know, I, I'm using art, which is something that people have a, a hard time making money off of. I get to do it every day. And it also, you know, another huge element of it is I do really enjoy the interaction that I have with other people. I mean, it. I think that people don't think of a hairdresser. I mean, you know, some people do. Some people will immediately associate, you know, a hairdresser with a confidant. But like, I've, you know, sometimes people really just need an opportunity to one, you know, feel good about themselves and two, just to have a little bit of that, like one-on-one therapy with someone, you know, it's a very intimate setting, especially, you know, my private studio that I work in, it's, it's a closed room and it's just me and this person for, you know, X amount of hours while I'm doing their hair. So, you know, not only do I get to make them feel better about themselves, but a lot of people will confide in me. And this is their only opportunity, I think, to be in a zone where the attention is, you know, hundred percent on them. And um, that's, you know, I wanted to work with people. That was originally what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I know that like saying like I'm helping people, you don't think of, you know, that to the same you know caliber as being a doctor. But I do think that, you know, making people feel better about their appearance and giving some, you know, them a listening ear and and helping them feel more comfortable in their skin is, you know, it's something that I truly do enjoy and look forward to doing every single day. So why did I pick this specific art form? I think because it incorporated kind of everything that when I thought, what are things that I'd like to do for the rest of ever? What are things that are important to me to continue to do throughout my life? I think that this incorporated a lot of them for me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, when, when I'm hearing you talk about it, I hear you mention things like you get to play with light and shadow and color and texture. And typically that's something that you would hear from like a photographer. Um, (laughs) that's sort of how they think and that's how their brain works. And I mean, I am not a photographer. That's not how my brain works, but I know that that's sort of how people see the world. So it's interesting to hear that that's how you view, uh, hairstyling and, and that sort of art form where it's, it's still, I mean, it's very much artistic for anybody who doubts that it's a form of art. I mean, it's, I think it absolutely is. Um, now I wanted to ask you about your private studio. So it's just you in the studio. You're the only employee here. Yes. Um, so what it is, it kind of, when you walk in, it's really, it's really nice if you get a chance, um, to visit and I work in, it's a a building you come in and there's different suites and they kind of look like little offices and each of us has our own door. And so in my little suite, I mean, I'm how many square feet would you say? Like, um, like a, like a hundred square feet. Like it's not very big. Um, but I have, you know, a shampoo bowl, my own little station set up, my supplies and everything in there. And, um, so I, you know, I can close the door. I can play whatever music I want. It's just like a really small little mini salon just for me. And what did you want to do that from early on? Like, why did you want to do that as opposed to working in a salon alongside other people? Um, you know, what, was that an intentional choice or is that just sort of how you ended up? So um, when I first started doing hair, I assisted for about a year under a stylist that worked at a private salon. And then I worked at a corporate salon for the better part of like four or five years. Um, And I built up a clientele there, which I was lucky enough to have, you know, I have the greatest clients in the world. They would follow me, you know, to another country like they I joke around with them because they will track you down. Um, But I 
working in the private studio space. So I was torn between leaving. I mean, I had been at that salon for a long time, but I had, for me, like I mentioned, you know, I love learning and being there that long. Um, I had learned about as much as I could from the people that I was working with or around. I had learned as much as I could from the company I was working for. And I no longer felt happy there. And it was mostly just because I, I felt like if I stayed there, I would be stagnant. So my next, um, what I wanted to do next was I was either going to work for another more, um, a different, like a concept salon, um, where I could learn from them and learn their methods and, you know, take off with education from them. And then one of my friends had mentioned to me that there were studio was studio space opening up. And she would always tell me all the time. She's like, you know, you need to own your own salon. She's like, if anybody is going to do it, it's going to be you. And this was kind of this to me. I mean, this is definitely not my end goal. This isn't the end of the road for me, but I feel like it's a step um, towards owning kind of a bigger business operation. Cause like working for myself, you know, I keep track of my own, uh, supplies. I keep track of my own appointments. I keep track of, you know, paying the rents, you know, figuring out a budget. Um, so this is kind of like owning a salon, but on a smaller scale. So for me, for my goals and my, where I want to take my business in the next couple of years, this was like the more, I felt like doing this would better prepare me than working for under somebody again. I felt like this was kind of, I'm the kind of person that the only way I learn how to do anything is, you know, being pushed into the deep end. So I decided to do this and just to see how I functioned with it and running kind of my own show and being responsible for myself and doing that so that I could see how I liked being a business owner. And then uh, eventually I hope to transition into being a bigger business owner and having people work for me. Sure. Yeah. So you said that you, I was actually just about to ask you, you know, how do you learn? I mean, you've been in this business for seven years or so. And at this point, I'm sure, you know, you know, I don't want to say almost all there is to know, but quite a bit of, of what's out there and sort of the techniques and, and styles and all that stuff. So how do you keep learning? How do you how do you keep moving forward? What do you do? You just kind of experiment on people who are willing to let you experiment or do you um, read literature on it? How does that how does that sort of work? So, um, I do have clients that are awesome and they'll just come in and they're like, Hey, you want to do something cool? Like do whatever. Um, but you know, something that, you know, I think is worth mentioning and to make reference towards is, um, you know, social media, social media and the internet has made education so easily accessible. It's at your fingertips. You know, I could easily just sit in bed and spend, you know, an hour or two watching, you know, Sam Vila videos or videos on YouTube of different hairdressers using different techniques. And social media has been a huge um, influence. Like you get inspiration, you learn about new techniques, you get to see how they're put into application. Um, and for me, that's been a huge thing. I mean, I do go to classes um, every year. I'll go to, they have a big hair show in Orlando. Um, called Premiere, and I'll take as many classes as I can there. Um, I try to surround myself with people. I have the pleasure of working with some, you know, in the same building as some phenomenal stylists. Um, and it's crazy because when you come into my building, everybody's got a very unique way of doing hair. Everybody has come from a different um, educational background as far as like where they learn to do hair or a different salon background. And I, um, you know, I'm surrounded by people who have such a passion and, you know, for what they do. So like, I will walk by a room and I'll see somebody's guest walking out and they have, you know, this amazing color that I just, you know, I haven't seen this technique used before. I have no problem. I love to learn. I have no problem walking into the stylist room. How'd you do that? What'd you use? What was your formula? You know, bouncing ideas off of other people um, is a huge thing. And, and on social media, even with people who I don't know personally, who I'm not at that like comfort level with, 
the great thing about social media is that it's brought people together. There are people that I talk to from, you know, Canada, people that I talk to from different parts of the US who I'll message them like, oh, this color looked really great. Like, what was your formulation or what was your sectioning? What did you do? Um, and they have no problem sharing it. And we're constantly just bouncing ideas and techniques off of each other. And that's one of the great things about, you know, how everybody's so connected right now is that I feel like with my industry, it's constantly pushing us to do better and it's constantly pushing us to improve. And the amount of, um, you know, there was a time where you just had to pay for education. There was no getting around it. And now, you know, there's no excuse for you to not to continue, uh, to not continue your education, to not continue learning new things. There really is no excuse. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's true of a lot of industries. I know that I've heard from a lot of people who say, you know, this used to be such a, a hard thing to get into, and there's really no way to get started except for, you know, going to school for that thing. And so, um, and you did both. I mean, you went to school for it, but then I am not surprised to hear that you use social media and a lot of other outlets to kind of build the craft and sort of um, keep going. And I, I guess the other thing I wanted to ask is, so obviously, if we're talking about quantity of hair or amount of hair, um, <laughs> I think the, the females sort of have the have the the uh, the arena on that one do you cut men's hair as well do you style men's hair do you um is there a do you do you prefer one sex over another as far as clientele or how does that how does that work so i'm going to be completely honest with you um i only have a handful of male clients because um i really i mean i think that everybody finds kind of what they enjoy doing the most and i really do enjoy doing women's hair just because i have you know like you said a larger canvas to work with more um it's not just you know doing uh you know i think barbering is an art in itself i'm not going to knock that at all i could i do not you know barbering is an amazing to be able to be a skilled barber that's a phenomenal thing and i i think that there are amazing barbers out there that do haircuts and precision work that i could you know, I'm, it's going to take me the next, the better part of the next decade to master those kind of techniques. But, um, for me personally, I mean, I, I love doing color. I love a good long hair blowout. You know, there's, there's things that just really appeal to me, you know, the styling, the finishing work and, you know, men don't typically want long mermaid curls. So I, right, right. I, I, I will say I definitely, I, I do prefer women for, yeah. over men. <laughs> that totally understandable. Like I said, I think it's, you know, some men are more adventurous and will do that. But again, if you mm -hmm. have a shorter hairstyle, then I, I guess you're sort of stuck. There's not much you can do uh, with, or there's only so much you can do with that, that sort of mm -hmm. sort of style. Um, so about the industry in general and about your experience with it, what would you say um, are some of the challenges? What have you found most challenging or most difficult or most frustrating about this as you've gotten started? Um. I would say, you know, what initially frustrated me about uh, the profession was it. I don't think until recently it was taken very seriously. And I was just having a discussion with that about that with one of my um, really good friends in the industry is like, you know, now being a hairdresser is seen as a career. But for a long time, it wasn't. You know, everybody thought you dropped out of high school. So you went to beauty school. You know, that was or you dropped out of college. So you went to beauty school. And that's what. Um, you know, it was just like a fallback option for people. People didn't view it as something that you could build from. And uh, that really, especially when I first got started, I think there, you know, there is a stigma or was a stigma that was around, you know, becoming a hairdresser, becoming a cosmetologist. And I remember, you know, I would tell a couple of people, you know, this is what I want to go to school for. And they would be like, but you're so smart. And I, I remember looking at them and being like, what does that have with anything you know it was um so that was definitely a challenge as far as being in the industry itself um you know you work around 
enough women and there is going to be an element of, you know, cattiness and drama. And for me, my personality type and anyone who knows me is, you know, I'm just a very, I, you know, to me, this is my career. So I take it very seriously. And I just don't, if you have enough time to sit in the back and talk about what so-and-so did last weekend, then you're not making money. You know, um, so that was something that when I was working for a corporate salon would frustrate me, especially because, you know, you want to have a good work environment and you want everybody to be happy. Um, and just, you know, that was something. And if you ask anybody who's worked for a salon, they'll tell you or any job, honestly, um, there is that sort of cattiness. But um, I think that those would probably be the only things that, and you know, little tiny um, I things like pet peeves, uh, like, you know, people not showing up on time or just worrying about, you know, getting supplies and stuff. But as far as um, things that I've overcome, I mean, it's just uh, another one, I guess, would be being so young and starting off, you know, being freshly 18 and trying to have people take me seriously and being a young stylist because people want experience, you know. Um, so that was a definitely a thing. And I, I like, you know, when people look at me, they don't assume that I'm going to be 26. You know, I still look like I'm 17. So I think it's funny when I talk to people about, you know, doing hair um, and about, you know, my experience, they're surprised by how long I've been doing it. And the other part was too, um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a businesswoman. And I think that sometimes people assume, and it's funny because like, you know, I think in a lot of arts industries, whether it be like photography or anybody who does any sort of art um, or in the beauty industry, people think they don't take it as seriously. Um, like they don't, I feel like sometimes people might not value your time as much. Like they assume that you're willing to do things for free or as favors or on your day off, you would like nothing more to do than to come in and do their hair. And, you know, they, they don't see it as being, this is my job. You know, this is my business. This is something I, I do take seriously. And just because I get to have fun with people while I'm doing their hair doesn't mean that, you know, one, I don't need a break from work or two, that I'm willing to use my craft and use my art for free because this is how I'm, you know, the amount of money that I put into my tools, into my education, into running my business, that's something that I, I need to make back. And I think that sometimes people have trouble um, because it is such a fun, art-based career realizing that it's something that I'm doing you know to I'm this is my you know my livelihood and so that's been kind of an obstacle and just trying to you know you prove to yourself you know your worth I think that you learn this is something that you know I had I've I'm still learning and I've had to learn is you you can't short yourself you know I you need to value yourself and other people will value you and you keep giving people discounts you're giving people discounts for your work you know it's not it's past um in this you know in this career I think it's something you need to value yourself and you need to um that's something I've definitely had to overcome it's you know this is my time this is my craft this is something that I'm passionate about that I'm giving to them and just the same way you know a doctor's not going to give you a discount you know like it is what it is sure well yeah um, how do you suppose you go about affecting uh, a perception change around the industry I mean how do you change people's opinion about what it is to be a hair artist or a stylist or even a barber or something like that? Um, I think that for me, it's one of those things, you know, I try to, I want people to be able to look at what I'm doing and to determine just how serious I am about it. I feel like 
you know, if someone were to go through, you know, my social media or to go through to work with me on a professional level or, or, level or to come see me as a guest, they would realize, you know, this is something I do take very seriously as a professional. I think that um, just the way that, you know, I carry myself and I carry my business, you know, I'm very you know, strict with being on time. I'm very, um, I try to make myself like very, you know, uh, have a, a, not only a set schedule, but to also have a set like pricing to have set, you know, just to form my own set of rules and guidelines as far as how I'm going to run my business. And, and just to show people, you know, that I think there's something to be said for, you know, acting like a professional. I can look however I want because in this industry, you know, um, self-expression is, you know, people love it, but how I act and how I carry myself as a professional, I think that that speaks for itself. I think that, you know, doing that and showing people that I I take this very, very seriously, I think that that, uh, really helps. And then, you know, finding other people who have become successful in the business and looking at their business plan, um, and kind of figuring out what worked for them and kind of doing that. That's all ties in there. Right. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you love about the profession? What do you, uh, we know what drew you to it originally, but after, uh, like I said, the better part of a decade doing this, what keeps you going to work? What keeps you waking up and saying, you know, I, I still want to do this. This is still uh, my favorite thing to do. This is what I want to be doing. Um, you know, every day I get to wake up and I get to, I tell people I'm, I get to hang out with awesome people all day. I get to make people feel really good. I, I, truly think that it's a privilege to have someone trust you enough to literally put their head in your hands, um, to do stuff with them. I, it's something that keeps me constantly stimulated, constantly growing. And, you know, it's a, not only do I get to make people, you know, this person feels good, but I, I get to, you know, use something that I'm passionate about and that I love and share it with this person. And I get to incorporate, you know, everything I love into the service that I get to do every day. It's something that it's, it to me and that's like to go with what I was talking about earlier how I got into it you know it's something that started off as a hobby so it was something I enjoyed it was something that I liked and to get to wake up every day and say you know this is my job that's something I I don't feel like a lot of people get to do and I I love it I feel so privileged that I get to do that it's just um it really it really is my I I want I don't want to say like my dream job but it's something that I did not think that I would become nearly as successful in or, you know, have the potential to become as successful with. Um, and it's just, it's really humbling to, for me to have been able to start from the bottom and just kind of build things up and to continue to grow. It's it. And I don't want to stop, you know, I want to continue to build my business and to build my name. And that kind of really motivates me every day. Right. Well, and I think to, to go back to what you, something you mentioned earlier, you said that you originally were sort of on the medical field track in high school and you decided that you wanted to help people. And, um, that's really where your, where your heart was before you even knew exactly to what capacity you were going to be doing that. And you mentioned that you get to be sort of a therapist to people when they come into your private studio, because it is just you and them, um, for an hour or two hours or however long it takes. So is that something that surprised you? I mean, did you, I'm assuming you enjoy that part of the job, but is that something that you really thought about when you got into this or is that something you just kind of discovered along the way that, oh, I also get to be this person's confidant. I get to be this person's, you know, sounding board and listen to what's going on in their life. Um, it, I definitely did not expect that was something that really took me by surprise. And it's funny because I was really, uh, and people who've known me, you know, 
for the better part of my life, I was really shy until I started doing hair. Um, I definitely did not have the social skill that I have now or have tried to develop now. Um, I didn't realize that people would open up to me the way that they would. I didn't realize that I would enjoy, you know, being there for people as much as I do. I didn't realize that, you know, the social aspect of it wasn't something that I had thought about until I started doing it. And it was just such a, like a, a bonus and to realize, you know, the comfort level that I was able to achieve with people. And I remember, um, being in cosmetology school and this is the craziest thing, but we had a whole chapter on, um, how to recognize like signs of abuse. And that was the first time it ever occurred to me. Like, you know, sometimes people only have you as a lifeline and, um, I didn't realize, you know, cause they, they had mentioned, you know, sometimes women will only be able to come in and get their hair done there with somebody who is, you know, being, um, abusive towards them and and you're the only person that they get to talk to for a, an amount of time when they're away from this person. And I remember like that kind of being like, Oh, okay. Like that was the first time it ever occurred to me that people would share stuff like that with you. And then, you know, going from, you know, people would talk to me, obviously when I worked at the salon I was at previously, but being in this sort of an intimate setting, I remember my first week there guests that I had known for years were talking to me about things that I had never, you know, they had never felt comfortable to talk to me about. And it wasn't me. It was just, you know, now that we're in this setting, they have an opportunity to literally say whatever they want. Um, so that was definitely, it was surprising when it first started happening. And I think initially, you know, I maybe didn't know how to handle it as well as I do now. Um, but I joke around with my guests all the time. I tell them, I'm like, you come in here. I'm like a priest, you know, whatever you say is going to stay between the two of us. And, um, you know, they know it now they come in and they're like, I'm going in for my therapy session. So it's definitely something that has helped me develop my social skill. And I, it was something unexpected, but that I truly do love about my job. So then what would you say to people who are just getting started in this industry, um, really haven't gotten their feet wet yet, have no experience? Um, and then what would you say to people who are maybe in the industry, kind of like you, where they've done, you know, the, the corporate salon stuff for a while, but maybe are looking to branch out and do their own thing? Maybe they're aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, what would you offer up to them? I think for people who are already in this industry or people who are thinking about getting into it, the best advice that I can give to them is never put yourself into a box. Never get too comfortable. Um, I think that you have to continually, this is in a very competitive industry where you need to continue to push yourself, do things that make you uncomfortable, learn, a, you know, what is it that they say, learn the rules so you can break them like a pro, um, master the techniques, and then continue to push the limits. It's something I've seen many stylists that are amazing stylists and, you know, now they become irrelevant because they're continually putting out work and it all looks the same. You need to continually push yourself out of your comfort zone and continue learning and to continue growing. And that's my biggest advice for people who want to be successful in this industry. You don't want to have just one signature cut or just one signature color that you're known for. You need to continue to keep yourself involved in the industry active, you know, keep learning. Um, for people who don't know what they want to do and they're kind of considering this as a career, um, this is something that I think that you truly do have to have a passion for to succeed at. And if you have that, that inkling, that urge, that passion, you know, you're going to be successful. You just need to continue. Like I said, for people who are already in it to educate yourself, to continue to push yourself, to continue to learn, to push past your limits, to get past any sort of stigmas and just to continue to grow. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that's sage advice for, for any career path. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to something you said earlier, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think, you know, mastering the craft, especially in this day and age where you can get on Instagram and find any number of people who do 
um, kind of what you do. I mean, they do things that are similar. I think it's, I can only imagine it's, it's pretty hard to separate yourself, but I think you have the right idea. You know, mastering the craft is really the, the best way to set yourself apart. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, what do you want to do? I mean, you, you have the background, you have the better part of a decade under your belt now. Um, but what are your goals for the next five, 10 years? Do you want to stay in one area? Do you want to move around? What does that look like? I kind of have a rough draft of a plan right now. Um, I definitely think I, I love this industry too much to ever leave it entirely. I will never, I don't in the foreseeable future, I think that I will not be involved in this industry, but, um, I do, I will tell you, you know, my job is very labor intensive. I'm on my feet for, you know, 10 hours plus a day. Um, you know, five days, six days a week, sometimes, um, it's something that, you know, in my eighties, I won't be able to do. And unfortunately with working for yourself, you know, if you're not making, if you're not physically working, you're not making money. So as much as I want to stay in this industry and be behind the chair for as much as I can, I would like to go into other avenues, whether it be, you know, getting into education or getting onto a creative team for a product line, um, that I, you know, support and love, or, you know, another huge goal that I've thought of recently. And I had mentioned before, you know, I would love to maybe one day have my own salon. I think I have a lot of unique concepts I could bring to a salon atmosphere. Um, so, you know, in my five year plan, I want to just kind of explore other avenues where I'm still, you know, involved in the industry and still doing what I love, but, you know, maybe doing it from a different angle or maybe just pursuing, you know, different opportunities for growth. So market wise, I know that right now you're based in Southwest Florida. Um, do you think that that's a good market for you to be in? Is there, do you want to move to maybe Miami, um, New York? I mean, there's a lot of huge, huge arenas for this sort of stuff. Is that something you see yourself doing or are you happy kind of carving out your own little spot where you are? Well, um, actually for a long time, I had really seriously considered moving. And, um, actually my, my best friend, my sister just moved to New York, which is, you know, huge as far as anything in the beauty industry. Um, so I think that, you know, right now I have an opportunity where I can travel and I can kind of, you know, maybe go up there and start making a name for myself there, you know, working for a couple friends or, um, in a couple salons where I know some people there and kind of doing that. But I, I really do like, um, you know, you grow up in your, the town that you grew up in, everybody wants to leave it. But I think, you know, Fort Myers is becoming a big, you know, town. Like I feel like Fort Myers has grown so much, even just since I've been here in the past, you know, 10 years, so many people have moved here. So many business headquarters have moved here. It's a really, to me, an untapped market. I think that, you know, as far as, um, different salons and stuff here they've been here for a long time but i feel like you know we're constantly new looking for a fresh face for something new for something exciting and i think that right now you know it's kind of like bloom where bloom where you're planted you know how they say um i think you know i'm pretty happy here and i feel like i've i've had the opportunity to build up a huge you know not huge but like a large enough following to where i can support myself and i think that you know if i can do that starting off with you know just fresh out of school. I mean, that that's something to be said for Fort Myers and, and seeing if I can prosper here. I'm not opposed to traveling. I would love to travel. But as far as my home base, you know, I, I do think I'll be here for a while. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. I know, I mean, a lot of people want to move, they want to kind of go in and become little fish in the big pond and sort of grab onto that giant, you know, whether it's Chicago or New York or LA, grab onto that giant market and see what happens. But I really admire the people that are like you said, they bloom where they're planted and they really become masters of their craft in an area where um, they're still experiencing growth and there's still a lot of room to come up. So you mentioned that you're 
you want to open up your own salon in the foreseeable future. Do you think that when that happens, you'll sort of shift over to the administrative side and run the business and not be involved in the day to day? Or do you think you want to maintain your relationship with your clients and and maintain the relationship with the hair artistry that you do now? Um, I want to be as involved in my business as I possibly can. Um, and it's funny, you know, I'm the oldest out of five kids, so I have no problem telling people what to do. I have no problem bossing people around. Not that that's what I would want to do in a business setting, but, um, I think that, you know, when I was in school and when I was younger and when I was just starting off, I would have given anything for someone to take me under their wing. If someone told me, you know, you have to sleep on the side of my bed for the next five years, but I'm going to teach you everything I know, I would have done it. And, just giving people that opportunity and to be able to share my knowledge with them. You know, that's, that's to me, you're truly a master of something. You've, you become a master of your craft by being able to teach it to other people. So I think being in a position where I'm able to manage and, you know, run my own business, not, not only from the, um, the aspect of doing the craft and keeping myself involved in that and teaching other people, but to also have the background where I can run it financially. I think that, you know, that, all together makes for a very successful business, just kind of keeping myself as involved in it as I possibly can. Right. I agree. I think, yeah, um, I, I'm sure you've learned a lot about the business as you've kind of grown it. Um, it sounds like it wasn't something that you had in mind to be a business owner as a as a kid, but I think that's something that um, you sound like you've done very well at if you're able to, to stay in it as long as you have and to run your own studio. Um, I'm aware of your time. We're, we're coming up on the 40 minute mark. Is there anything else that I didn't address that you want to kind of throw out there to people about this industry, about uh, what you do specifically, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? Um, I think something that I would probably want to put there out there just for other people who are, you know, in this industry or considering to be in this industry. Um, you know, again, I'm going to touch on social media, but it's, it's a huge presence right now to the point that, you know, there to me, I've never paid for advertising. You have no, um, you don't need to, you, you have no excuse for not getting your name out, you know, putting yourself in a professional way on social media. That's your, you'll build your business. You will build your name. People don't know what you can do until they see what you can do. So my biggest advice is just, you know, continue to learn, continue to grow, but also share it with other people. Nobody knows what you can do unless they can see it. Take pictures, you know, even if it's just, you know, a haircut that you're proud of something simple, you know, continue to take pictures, not only so you can see how you've grown, you know, you can use it as a personal level, but so other people can see. I think that it's people underestimate the power of social media and, you know, images and everything like that. But right now, this is the best time I feel like for businesses. I feel like right now you can get your name out there very, you know, quickly and efficiently, and you can meet other people that are like-minded. So I think it's just to, you know, I guess would I would tell people, you know, don't use social media so much for posting pictures of your drunken Saturday nights out. You know, if you're wanting to build your business, promote yourself. You know, you are your biggest supporter. So well, that's probably it. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And that actually ties in perfectly. The last thing I was going to ask you is where where can people find you? Um, do you have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter handles, websites? Uh, I'm sure people are going to be interested to see your work. So where's the best place they can look that up? The best place um, to look me up is on Instagram. My Instagram name is Ari Moon. So it's A-R-R-I period M-O-O-N. And I do, you know, hashtag all of my pictures. I've got a lot of my work up there. And then I have, you know, you can DM me to make appointments. Um, that That really is my only social media avenue at this point, though. 
Well, I think that's it for right now, Ari. I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was very interesting hearing what you have to say. I think you have a really unique story, um, and I'm always fascinated to hear how people get into this and sort of where they want to go. I mean, no two people have the same uh, origin story. I think everybody brings something different to the table. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and I hope we'll uh, we'll keep in touch. I'm sure that we'll hear a lot from you very soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking. All right. Take care.